So please uh, bear with me. Right, so uh, yeah, let's talk about Kemp a little bit. Was it all right? Was it okay? Should we do it again? Next weekend? <laughs> yeah, so the, um, the theme of our family camp was uh, unite generations, influencing generations. And I was very encouraged to see a lot of that going down over the weekend. Uh, I found it particularly evident uh, at the meal times. I found it very cool walking into the dining hall in meal times and just looking around at the most eclectic combination of people at each table. There were some random uh, groups of people that had come together. It was bizarre. Uh, the kind of people that I'd, I'd just never seen uh, in close proximity together before. The people of all kinds of ages and backgrounds are sitting down and I kind of floated around table to table and sat down and engaged with people. And people were actually engaged in some really like, deep conversations. It wasn't you know, like a lot of small talk, what I was saying. It was people really connecting and getting to know each other. And uh, I was just stoked to see that because that was what this whole thing was about. Trying to create an atmosphere where the church family could break down some of the barriers, artificial barriers, that we put up that stop us interrelating and influencing each other in awesome ways that God wants to do. So I would say to, uh, to Kirk and to Melissa and the team who pulled that together, Kent was just awesome. But we can't leave it there. We can't leave that stuff at Kent. We need to bring this good stuff back. So I want to I wanna talk a little bit about, uh, about that tonight. Um... Starting with this, it is a common and perhaps tragic paradigm that the uh, modern evangelical church, which you could say we were a part of, is a, a tragic paradigm that we have adopted. And this paradigm leads uh, us to split the church family up into age groups. This is what we do. We'll, uh, we'll have the, the kiddies. Well, they can be up there and they can be over there and they'll have their programs. They do their thing and that's cool. But keep them away from me, please. They're messy and smelly, especially the little ones. Uh, the young people, the youth, oh, that'll be awesome. We'll put them on this night and we'll get into these kind of programs uh, and we can turn up the volume for them. But... Uh, I don't perhaps want to go to that kind of thing. I'm a bit past that myself. So they can do their thing. Uh, we'll run an, uh, another service that's more family-friendly at this time and our uh, more mature people can come to that and maybe we'll sing some different songs or turn the volume down a little bit. Everything will be nice and age-appropriate. But no one should mix, though. These groups shouldn't mix at all. Uh, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't work, basically. It wouldn't work. No one would know what to say to each other. No one has anything in common. So we'll just split everything up and everyone can have their own special tailored program for them and that's, uh, that's the way we do church now. Um, anyone think that's true? Anyone think that's the way that the body of Christ is supposed to meet? Do you think that's what God planned for us? 
back in the beginning of the first century when he established the church, is that you think that's the way he rolled. He split everyone up. Because no one could learn uh, anything from anyone else. Um, no, I don't think so. But it's interesting because I've committed a good part of my, my well, most of my working career uh, to working specifically in one age group. And that was a lot of fun. But, um, but I've thought about this a little bit. Once upon a time, Jesus was preaching in Galilee. Okay, there's a story in Mark chapter 10. Once upon a time, Jesus was preaching in Galilee and, he, and people started bringing their children to Jesus so that he would lay hands on them and bless them. But the disciples, they didn't think this was a very good idea at all. They didn't think it was completely inappropriate that Jesus' time be wasted by little kids. What business have little kids got with the Messiah? So the disciples rebuked the parents. Get out of here with your kids. You know, there's a kids program out the back. Taken to the crash, they're too loud. Yeah, they thought it was totally inappropriate. But that made Jesus very cross. He was not very happy with the disciples. And he said, no, no, no. Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, and he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. What I find fascinating about the story is not just that Jesus believed that his ministry was relevant to children and that he thought that his person, his, his blessing should be made accessible to children. What I thought was fascinating about this is he points his disciples to the children. He says, look at these kids. Look at the faith that they have. Look at the way they receive me and my kingdom. That is the way that you should receive me and my kingdom. So what he did is he set these little kids up as the example, the model for how we should have faith. That is awesome, and that's pretty full on. In his crucial teaching on faith, it is children that we are told to emulate. Talk about generations influencing generations. You know, you'd, you'd think you'd point to, to you think Jesus would point to Abraham, the legend of faith that we'll read about in Hebrews chapter eleven. You'd think Jesus would point to Abraham, as Scripture does later on. What an amazing testimony of faith! But no, he doesn't. He points to the little kids. He says, "Let these children influence you for faith, because you can learn a lot from them." Wow, it's mind blowing stuff. thing is, when we think about the potential in the church for discipleship, uh, discipleship and people influencing each other, what we tend to think about is older, wise people mentoring the young'uns. That's the way we tend to think about it. You know, we think of older mentors and, and young disciples. And, and there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, to the contrary, we need to see so much more of that uh, intergenerational ministry. It's awesome. We, we, we see mentoring relationships like this all through Scripture. There's you know, Moses and uh, Joshua, uh, Elijah and Elisha, and Paul and Timothy. And I know we heard a bit about Paul and Timothy on, on Friday night. 
and there are, there are many others. And these we see a wise old man of faith influencing a young disciple in the ways of the Lord and how to minister to people. So we, we want to continue to see more of this kind of thing happen at The Rock. I know that Simon and Emma have been working on uh, developing uh, an environment where, where that can happen. Uh, a cool thing called spiritual parents. I know a lot of people have been engaging in that. And we want to encourage you to do that more. But what we often overlook or have completely missed is the potential for children and young people to draw us closer to Christ and influence us to be more like him. And I have been particularly challenged by this uh, recently, over the last few months in particular, by a very unlikely source. My tiny little girls. My, my two daughters. I have two gorgeous daughters. Oh, it's my little ladybird. Um, okay, that's, that's Sean. Sean is two. And she's very feisty, like her mother. And um, another one is Bree. And uh, Bree just turned one, and she just started walking. And she is very adventurous and quite crazy, also like her mother. And um, yeah, this I think there's just a little disconnect in one part of her brain, the kind of the safety thing that. Tells you to stop doing that or you'll die. She doesn't have that synapsis yet. But, um, but these girls have been remarkable uh, in challenging me in, in my faith. Um, as, their, as their personalities and characters have been developing, they've been developing in the most beautiful ways. Oh, it's awesome. Both of them are very quick to smile. In particular, Bree, just so quick to smile. They're very positive and uh, very optimistic, it seems. Um, they are very forgiving. They forget uh, just so quickly any, anything that's been the, that they didn't like or anything that was done for them or said, they forget so quickly and love you so readily. Um, it's amazing. Sean has... Uh, is very empathetic and has uh, a deep concern for the welfare of others. She's very concerned for anything that might be happening to a sister or anyone else. She sees just the, the, the slightest downturn of a lip and she'll come up to you and say, Daddy, Daddy's sad, Daddy's sad. And she'll put a hand on you and she'll want to know what's wrong and how she can, well, you know, can she hug you or something? She's too... What's least me to believe is that, firstly, my uh, my two toddlers are actually better people than I am. Um, that's a bit of a chuckle, but it's actually true. They are better people than I am. I want to be like this. And I look at these characteristics and I see in this the fruit of the Holy Spirit. These are the characteristics of God himself, the imprint of, of his character on my children. And I have managed to lose a lot of the stuff along the way. But my girls haven't. And it's on them so strong. And so when I look at them and I experience this character from them, they make me want to be like that. And in that, they make me want to be more like Christ. It's very humbling. Sean will not go to sleep until she's read at least three Bible stories. 
won't go to sleep. It's usually, uh, it's usually Moses, Noah, and Adam. She likes Adam because it starts their nudie rooties. But, uh, but she wants to, she wants to get into God's word every night and won't go to sleep until she has. That is humbling. My daughter's more onto it with the word than I am. That's, um, that's great stuff. So I think about them and I see, uh, their character and they influence me. They challenge me to be more like God. They have become a role model for me in these ways. That was quite a revelation to me. Imagine a career pastor uh, challenged and inspired by two toddlers to be more Christ-like and read the word each day. But I'm at a, at a point now where I'm not too proud to let God use two babies to lead me closer to him. I think that's key. Now, two babies might be quite an extreme example of this. You know, two kids, you know, one and two years old. But how often do we disregard the sanctifying and discipling potential of people just because they are younger than us? We forget that we were once young too. And that is the problem with getting older and smoking weed. It makes you forget stuff. Uh... Well, it's true. Young people know stuff that older folk have forgotten. Older folk have know so much that we are let to get to learn, but older folk forget stuff that they once knew and once was dear to them. And so we can learn so much from each other. Young people can remind us of these things that God showed us long ago and has since faded with age. The simple truths of salvation when we first found it, of discovering what it means to follow him and put him first and not worrying about all the troubles of the world and the mortgage and and all this other stuff. It bogs us down and leads us from just faith and trusting in him. You've probably been influenced by young people here at The Rock, and maybe I'm looking more this side of the room, a couple of people in there. You might have been influenced by young people here and have been every week and weren't even aware of it. Because young people have a lot of influence in our church family here. And it fills me with pride that I get to work with very gifted, very devoted, loving young people. Most of our worship leaders are in the first uh, quarter of, of their lives. David's uh, 25 and he leads a lot of our services. He's also a brilliant songwriter and we sing his songs and he leads us into God's presence week after week. Sam Reese Thomas just turned 21 and last year he wrote an awesome song which has been really taking us into God's presence over the last couple of months. He's also an excellent worship leader. Jaden is uh, 19 and he also wrote a really beautiful song that talks about cooling down the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit to make us holy. And I've just had some amazing times with that song and he has influenced me with his worship through that. 
LJ's 21 and is also a really anointed worship leader and has led me so many times. I'll never forget uh, where Sam, Sam, bro, I'll never forget. We, we had a particular set, I can't remember what it was, and I was on stage playing, but uh, but Sam just has got something very special on my real grace for, for the prophetic and for healing. And I could see him going around and he was he was praying over people, which in a couple of cases, bro, were almost three times your age. But the the power of God was so on you and real ministry was happening. And I just said, just such a classic illustration that to God, age means nothing at all. He will work through whoever he wants to. And he works through Sam Willis hard out. Our youth pastors, just want to honour these guys. Mal, 25 years old. I don't know if you knew where you know the, the life group questions and study resources come from, but Mal whips those together every week. The stuff that leads us through God's word as we debrief and, and chew on whatever messages we're getting. It's Mal that puts that stuff together and guides our discipleship. I think it's huge, sister. Kirk, Kirk, bro, I forget how young you are. Yeah, totally. I forget how young Kirk is because there is nothing in the way that carries himself that would suggest that he is a young man. Kirk is 22 years old, if you weren't aware, but he carries himself as a man almost twice that man full of integrity and character. When I think of you, bro, I think of this word in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Don't let anyone look down on you because you were young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. It's what you do, bro. You set that example. So no one can look down on you because you're a younger man, because you carry yourself with such dignity and maturity that people would not know or would forget. And that's awesome, bro. You have a significant leadership mantle on you, and I see you growing into that more and more. And I know God's going to teach me a lot through you, bro. Uh, That's cool. Generations influencing generations is not a a modern phenomenon. We didn't make it up in a staff meeting a few weeks back. There are many examples of God using the young and old to minister to people and draw them to himself. When King Saul was tormented by malicious spirits, it was a young shepherd boy that came into his house and ministered to him in song to relieve him of that spiritual oppression and soothe his spirit. A young boy who... I no doubt use the same songs that we now have in the Psalms and we sing to God to this day. Esther was a young Jewish girl and she influenced the Persian emperor Xerxes to save her people from annihilation. This girl had no status, no authority of her own, but she stepped out and risked her life to influence the greatest man of the day on the planet. Because of her influence, there are Jews on the planet, including, you know, Jesus himself. 
And there are stories of mutual influence across the generations. I love the story of Ruth and Naomi. Two women, one older and one younger. But they journeyed together and they blessed and supported and influenced each other. They walked as sisters even though they had a big age gap between them. And because of their relationship, they were both blessed in amazing ways. Samuel, who became the the prophet Samuel, spent his childhood serving the high priest Eli in the temple. It's very interesting looking looking at his story uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, the first time that Samuel actually hears from God. Samuel, the first time he heard God's audible voice, had no idea what it was. And so he hears this voice calling to him, Samuel, Samuel. And he, he'd never heard from God before. He didn't, he didn't know that that's how God spoke. And so he, he rushes to, to find Eli, the high priest, Eli. Um, did you call me? Did you call me, Master? And uh, no, Eli's like, no, nah, get back to bed. <laughs> Wake me up. Samuel hears it again. Samuel, Samuel. So he rushes off to Eli again. Yes, Master Eli, yeah, well, uh, do you need me? And uh, no, go back to bed. The third time, Samuel, um, Eli finally clicks. Ah, okay. This, is, this must be the Lord speaking. I'm sure Eli didn't think of it straight away because Eli had not heard from God for a very long time. In fact, the voice of the Lord had not been heard in, in, the, in, the, in the land for a long time. So at that point, Eli says, okay, that's God speaking. Next time you hear the voice, say, yes, Lord, and listen to what he has to say. And when you've heard what God has to say, you come back and tell me. You don't leave a word out. You tell me every single thing God tells you. You tell me every single thing God shows me. And so, uh, and that's what happened. Samuel goes back and God speaks to him and hears the voice and he listens to God speaking to him and not just speaking to him, but prophesying for the land. And that starts his ministry as uh, a great prophet and the kingmaker. But what I thought was fascinating about the story is that initially Samuel needed Eli. Samuel heard the voice of the Lord, but he didn't know what it was. He didn't know how to, to interact with God. So he needed Eli to tell him, oh, that's, that's God's voice, and this is what you need to do. But conversely, Eli needed Samuel because Samuel, young as he was, a little kid, Samuel had the anointing. Sam, Samuel was the one that God wanted to speak through. So Eli taught Samuel simply, just to connect with God and to receive. And then Eli had to wait to see what God wanted to bring through Samuel. I love this mutual relationship of influence. And there's story after story of God using men and women of all ages to influence each other and draw people closer to God for his purpose. What I've seen is the key here, certainly in my own life, I think through these stories as well, the key for us to receive every transformational work that God wants to do on us is humility. 
is humility. See, it would be great if every single thing that God wanted to tell me would just be right there in the Bible every time I opened it. It's like, God, I want you to speak to me today. I'd open any random page and right there, bang, actually now be better, wind blows. Opens the right page. And then the light shines through the window on an angle that highlights a passage. And then a dove comes and lights on my shoulder and confirms, that is my word, my son. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Awesome. And if I had any doubt, there would be an audible voice. Is I your father? This is my word, my son. Um, that doesn't happen to me. I don't get those uh, amazing revelations every time, every time I open the word. Um, and I find so often that God speaks to me through others. And sometimes, maybe oftentimes, sometimes I'm reluctant to hear it from people, from certain people. I can certainly uh, remember times when I wasn't, perhaps my ears weren't open uh, to listening from people that were younger than me or people that I didn't really respect or didn't have a theological degree. Uh, but the more I look in, in the Word, I see that it's not the way God works at all. In fact, <laughs> look at the ministry of Jesus. It was the guys with the theological degree, the ones that were getting it wrong all the time. Uh, though I am actually in theological study myself. Um, there's some good stuff in there. But now my eyes are open. And it's amazing that God's opened them through these little girls to see that he wants to speak and work through everyone we encounter. Anyone we will just let work through us. So I may be a teacher and a pastor and a veteran of 12 years of full-time ministry and 20 years in faith, but I have so, so, so much more to learn and it seems every year I spend in faith or in ministry, uh, I think there's even more that I need to learn. And a lot of what I'm going to learn is going to be taught to me by toddlers. And I think it's kind of cool. And as these little girls grow up, I'm going to learn more about myself and more about God through them. And a lot of what I need to learn is going to be taught to me by you guys. And I'm excited about that. You guys are experiencing things and learning things that maybe I haven't ever discovered. And I'm excited that you're going to open new doors for me. So, watch out. And a lot of what I need to learn and God's going to show me is going to be taught to me by the baby boomers. And uh, some of the Grey Power crew over here. And, uh, and that's really, really cool as well. And I just love, I just love hearing the stories. And there's some stories over here. Oh my goodness. These guys here have stories. God has done the most amazing things through this couple. And it blows me away. And, you know, don't worry. They will tell you them, okay? Sit down with this wonderful couple. They will tell you stories. You won't have to drag it out. 
Just need to sit a couple of hours aside. They do, no doubt. And so I'm going to continue to learn a lot from, from these guys as well. And I just want to say now, Lord, Lord God, I give you permission to use anyone, anyone at all that you want to influence me, that you want to teach me and lead me through to become the man you've called me to be. I give you permission to do that, Lord. And I pray just continue to humble me to let that happen. So tonight's message is not about launching a new program that intentionally mixes people from this age group and this age group and this age group. We're not we're looking to bring more programs. But I do want you to have a very serious think about what the body of Christ is and just about the unique nature of who is in this room right now. What In what other scenario in your life are you in the same room with this group of people like this? When else does this happen? When else does this kind of this group of diverse, just in every every background, uh, every or so many different races, uh, different flavors of everything and ages, what brings this group of people together except Christ? But when we do come together, it seems so much we put the divisions back in. We can't let that happen because we are restricting God doing what he wants to do. We've got to take advantage of what God is doing here right now, bringing this group of people into the same space. So I want us to rethink what the body of Christ is, is really about and what it means to be a part of that. And I want you to look around at your brothers and sisters of faith and to imagine what God could possibly have done in their life or might might be doing right now and what you could learn from them. Because the more I listen and hear the stories of what's happening right now and what has happened throughout history, the more I'm blown away, the more I'm inspired, the more I'm challenged, and it makes me be a better man and it makes me desire more from God. So what do you... I'm not starting a program. What is, what's the application here? What do you do with a, a message like this? Well, this week I'll tell you what I'm going to do. This week I am going to be having lunch with a crusty old gentleman down the back of the room there. I'm not sure if this guy's still using all his original teeth. Is that right, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm paying for lunch now. I'm going to sit under Michael's wisdom and receive. And uh, later in the week, I'm going out uh, for lunch with one of my young brothers, one of my young worship leaders, young dude, Sam. I'll make Sam pay for lunch, definitely. Uh, and, uh, but I'm going to go into that with the same heart of expectation. God, what do you want to say to me? Because... Sam, there's a couple of wise nuggets he drops every now and then. And is he here or not? No. Right. Okay, well, we'll talk about that in our meeting. But no, I want to go into to my lunch with Sam with the same expectation. God, you know, do you want to speak to me now? Uh, how do you want to influence me? And I know that, that Sam has some, some grace that he can bestow on me as well. So 
I'm looking forward to that. And I want to have eyes open and a soft heart just to be influenced by God through whoever comes along. And so that's what I'm looking forward to um, this week. Because you never know when God's going to speak. And you don't know how he's going to do it. So we've got to take the blinkers off that say this is how God will speak. And this is, who, this is through who it will be. Okay, We've got to take that off and recognize it could be anyone. God's spoken through donkeys. He can speak through Sam Reese Thomas. Good. Uh, I hope you're listening, Sam. <laughs> All right. Uh, you'll love that. Okay. So this is what we can do with this. Even now. We can, and I'll be doing a little bit of this lately. We can split up just at the end of the service and still quite early. It's quarter past six. And we can just pray for each other. But maybe we don't pray with the normal crew, with our best friends that we always hang out with. Maybe we drift across another part of the room and seek out some more spiritual authority or some wisdom or seek out some more uh, enthusiasm and, and, and life and passion. Maybe we just seek out someone else and, uh, and share our burden with them and, and seek prayer. Uh, maybe we talk in the cafe after service uh, with, with, with someone else and, and just mix around and, and just seek out new relationships. Uh, and not just tonight, because this is what I'm speaking on, but something that we look to do. Okay, You can hang out with your crew any day of the week, and you do. But what about doing something special here? Sunday service is different, because it's the one time when God brings us all together. Let's use that. Uh, I used to love this at a, another church that I was, I was involved with a few years ago. When I, when I first came to this place as a, as a younger guy, it blew me away. Uh, without a young adult ministry, just how amazing the families were at inviting young people into their homes. So I was like 18, 19 years old, and uh, I never had to pay for lunch on a Sunday because I was always taken along and got an awesome home-cooked meal in a family's home. And they loved on me, and they, my mum, of course, was the other end of the country. And I, I, I found it like five or six different mums just through this. And um, whenever I see them uh, at church, they'd always ask after me, how are you doing, and invite me around. And I felt like I had all these spiritual parents around. And it, what, it turned out that wasn't a church program either. It wasn't you know, worked out in a staff meeting. It was just... God's people taking initiative to love on those perhaps who need some spiritual parents, perhaps need a hot meal. Some of these guys look like they need a hot meal. Some of us look like maybe we could lose a few hot meals. <laughs> but it was really cool and I felt, I felt loved. Um, I mean, we, had a, we had a cool youth ministry and, and that was really um, happening but it was, it was cool that outside of that, the body of Christ really made things happen. Um, spiritual parents, that is really happening. That is really real people coming together, building those kind of intentional spiritual relationships, those mentoring relationships. So if you're looking to be involved both as a mentor or to receive some of that, uh, talk to Simon and Emma. And you can also offer 
your services in some way to serve uh, and fight, you can talk to, uh, to Kirk and Mel or to serve in the children's ministry uh, so that we can continue to influence each other. But when you go into a service role, you're not just looking at what you can bestow in blessing on the littlies, but you're also looking for how God can, can minister to you as well. So, um, so yeah, the body of Christ is a multi-generational thing of all ages. How about we start acting like it? Does that sound? 